Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So it's all eyes on Bloomington because it'll be tomorrow, IU-Purdue. That is the game to watch. Tony Katz, good to be with you. And then, of course, it's the story of these Pacers. They're exciting. They're fun. Man, they've been losing a lot. A lot. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us right now, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, he is the voice of sports throughout the great state of Indiana. And let's start with this Pacers team. The loss to the Lakers by one uh, yesterday, 112 to 111. The loss to the Grizzlies. The loss to the Bucks. The loss to the Magic. It, it makes you think that that win against the Bulls was just a was just a fluke. Uh, at this stage, it's it's time to start asking what exactly is wrong with this team. Well, they're not that good, and they weren't that good, frankly, when they were five, four or five games over 500 before they started that slide. And when they started that slide, Tony, that was with the loss of Tyrese Halliburton. And you could see last night what Tyrese Halliburton, upon his return, mean, means to this team. Um, got out to a big lead, blew it in the fourth quarter. Halliburton didn't have a great fourth quarter whatsoever, but when you look at his game, the first-time All-Star had a really strong game in his return. Don't have a margin for error at all, um, and especially in closing out games. And if you look at most of the streak without Tyrese Halliburton, that has basically been impossible. Now, if you do look hardcore, Tony, at last night, to me it started with this. I thought that Rick Carlisle left the uh, the bench in too long in the fourth when the Pacers were up and then the Lakers seized the momentum. You can look at it that way. And they didn't get themselves to the free throw line. As you look at the fourth quarter stat sheet, the Lakers shot 16, the Pacers shot zero. And Rick Carlisle mentioned after the game that he's never seen that in the history of coaching in the NBA. And then it was kind of wondering why a guy that's been such a good closer so far this year, Tony, as a rookie for the Pacers, Benedict Matherin didn't see hardly any, if any at all playing time in the fourth quarter. He's been so good in the fourth so far as a rookie. So some inexplicable things, and it's all a part of this team learning, but I would agree with you. A lot of people would suggest last night, well, it's entertaining, but it's a loss. It puts you in a better spot as far as the NBA draft is concerned. Bullcrap. I want to see some winning around here. I'm so used and sick and tired of watching losing. I want to see some winning. I thought last night stunk. It was entertaining, but at the end of the day, it was a loss, and it still stinks. A loss is a loss is a loss, and a win is a win is a win. But there's there's something to be said by they, they lost by one. It's not like they're getting blown out. There is a level of competitiveness. Isn't that something to build on? Yeah, well, I mean, it is. Then that's exactly what they're doing right now. They have the core of players, and then Halliburton was back for the first time in, what, two and a half, three weeks, whatever, um, last night, and looked really good for most of the game in that win. But you can see the core group that they have, whether it's Halliburton and Turner, as I mentioned, Benedict Matherin, uh, Andrew Nimhart, the guard, is also going to be a part of that talented core moving forward. But, Tony, they're going to have to add 
some pieces. Maybe they end up adding a piece if they find something they like on the open market before next week's trade deadline. But this is a work in progress. And as excited as we were when they were winning games and they were over 500, you kind of knew that at some point they weren't going to win those games and they have been in a rut. And then especially, Tony, in a rut when they were playing without Halliburton, who was their best player. Talking to JMV from 93.5-1075, the fan, the voice of Indiana sports right there is JMV. This IU-Purdue game, I mean, IU makes it back into the top 25, then has the the loss to Maryland, as you discussed it, reverting back to their old ways where uh, defense is like, wow, that's interesting, we should try that one day. Um, and Purdue is just ridiculous. This team is nuts, still number one, and doesn't look like uh, there's any holding them back. So when you take a look at this game in Bloomington, um, a, what kind of shot does IU have, and what? how do you see this matchup? Well, they got a shot because they're at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, and unlike when they're on the road, normally when they're on the road, you get one guy, at least in recent history, that shows up, and that's Tracy Jackson Davis. Um, but being at home, you probably would expect them to get some support. I mean, we've talked about this before. Trace, who was on my show yesterday here in Indy, just needs some support, and he has not received consistent offensive help and we saw that the other night in Maryland it was basically him and then nobody else and he probably will get some of that support Tamar Bates shoots it better at Assembly Hall seems like Trey Galloway plays better because you're going to get juiced up with that crowd at four o'clock in the afternoon at Assembly Hall there's no doubt about that so this game should be competitive because it's in Bloomington now the problem that IU is going to have is Purdue is unanimously number one. And I think the biggest reason is they are so connected and they so execute at a high level, especially in a late game situations. Oftentimes, Tony, we don't see IU doing that better over that five game winning streak, but certainly maybe more times than not, that execution factor isn't there. Purdue has been so good at home and on the road in a late game, one possession, winning, execution. It is going to be tough for IU, even in that environment at home in Bloomington on Saturday afternoon. No question. So we take a look at that game, and we make the assumption that Purdue wins uh, th- that game. If you're IU and you're like, okay, how are we going to negotiate ourselves, maneuver ourselves into what I'll call postseason play, right? Uh, they yeah. they want to be there. They want their chance. So they don't want the invitation to the NIT. Exactly how on the bubble now are you seeing that IU team, if indeed as one would expect based on records and based on what we know about these teams, they lose at Assembly Hall to Purdue. They, they've got to be thinking about themselves in this way, and, and they can't want to think of themselves in this way. Well, Tony, I mean, right now, according to most of the bracketologies that are out there, they are firmly entrenched into the field in the NCAA tournament, but there's still a large-scale body of work to be done. But you talk Exactly about my helping, point. Yes, exactly. And, and, and helping yourself immensely against a unanimous number one in your building on Saturday, this is, this is kind of that ace in the hole right there. It is. I mean, this is the one that's going to stick out um, to the committee when you see it coming up and you're drawing up the brackets for the NCAA tournament, this is the one, this is the oh wow game right here. And that's why it is incredibly important for IU 
to get this. Now, I'm not going to suggest at all that they're going to, but to me, when you look back on this, this is as big, even beyond the rivalry, Tony, this is big of a moment for IU moving forward with this Purdue team in town as we've seen in a while. And frankly, this rivalry between IU and Purdue has not been at this level, this high of scope as we have seen it in a long time. There is so much going down on Saturday and so much incredibly on the line for the not-so-distant future in terms of IU and building that NCAA tournament resume. This would be gold on that resume if they could get it Saturday. You're Purdue, and I know you have a, a strong relationship with Matt Painter, and, and, and you guys speak often, the coach uh, of the Purdue men's team. You, you realize the, the, the power of this team, the strength of this team. You're already at number one, but you're looking ahead. Does, do coaches play it like you often see, whether it be NBA or, or NFL? We know we're in the playoffs. Let's rest some starters. Let's rest some people. Let's not have anybody have a high ankle sprain or anything uh, like that. Is it possible that we will start seeing that from uh, Purdue uh, in, in the days or, or weeks leading up to uh, whatever championship uh, opportunities come their way? No, Tony, they're going to go hard at it. They'll go hard after it the entire time. And, and what Matt Painter has built up there is also having a high level of depth. And especially in this era, Tony, of college basketball with NIL, with the transfer portal and how easy it is for players to maneuver around when you decide you're not getting enough clock, you're not getting enough playing time, so I'm just going to pick up and leave. It is amazing so far that Matt Painter has kept all of his guys happy with the time that they're getting. Because we're talking about guys, Brandon Newman, Trey Kaufman-Wren, guys that are really good players, Tony, that don't get a lot of playing time because the guys in front of them are so good, like Zach Eady in front of Trey Kaufman-Wren. So keeping that dynamic happily associated is incredibly difficult for this era of college coach. And so far, Matt Painter is doing an excellent job. Now, I'll tell you this, it will help. The success of the team will help, obviously, everybody and how they're liking or not liking and how they deal with that lack of time. It seems like with this group, it just motivates them to work harder. Matt Painter has certainly got it going. So, yeah, there'll be no rest. They're going to go hardcore after it because, honestly, I'll add this before I let you go here. Yeah, quickly. Purdue fans aren't really looking at it as far as the season right now. Purdue fans love what's happening, but they look ahead to the NCAA tournament where Purdue has had its shortcomings and disappointments. That's when, for Purdue fans, this basketball team will officially be on the clock. 